If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is up, everybody? It is the PGA DFS First Look Show for the Masters. Man, it's been quite a while, to be honest, to uh, to be exact, I should say. It's been over a year, seven months and seven days since I've been able to say it's Masters Week. I'm going to make sure I mute everything here so that we don't see any background noise. Or I'm just playing Augusta music in the background because I was doing that before to get myself all hyped up for this. And I'm going to bring in my co-host for the PGA DFS First look show, it's Jeff Ulrich. And Jeff, man, is this your favorite golfing week of the year, or are you more attuned to, say, the Open Championship or the Canadian Open, for that matter? I know you're <laughs> so, um, it is my favorite week. It's definitely not the Canadian Open for me. Um, I, look, I do like, uh, I do kind of like the, the U.S. Open. I'm maybe a bit more of a U.S. Open guy, but uh, it's not like I don't look forward to Masters Week. Uh, <laughs> There's so much hype around it. And the thing is, usually in April, we're, we're so starved for a major. Like, we usually have that eight-month break, right? Whatever. So it just feels like everyone is so hyped for the Masters, regardless of your feelings on the, the rankings for the um, the uh, the majors. But, uh, no, this is definitely up there for me. I mean, like, I, I appreciate all of them. I mean, the Open, they all have their own charm. But this is uh, this is different this year. I mean, obviously in the fall kicking off, I mean, this is just, it just feels weird, but um, it feels, it feels good. It feels fun. I mean, to do it in November. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, here's what I kind of measured up to. Number one, I think it's the best golf course in the world. Uh, you know, I've been watching golf for 25 years now. What am I? 33. So I started when I was like eight or nine, you know, right. Kind of basically when Tiger was making his, his come up uh, into the professional ranks. And I've, so I've seen my fair share of courses, Played my fair share. I'd say Augusta's is the best that I've seen. I haven't seen it in person, but the way it looks via the cameras, it's great. That's one. Two, we always know it's the best field. Now, granted, most majors are typically the best fields, but at least we're all always guaranteed it. Uh, and then number three, probably the most important part for my new era of watching golf, it's the technology that the Masters Committee offers us each and every year. They make it better. They're the ones that came up with this TourCast technology that the PGA Tour uses on a weekly basis. Well, the Masters had it a couple of years ago. Now this year, the newest thing and something I'm really excited for is called My Feed uh, or My Groups. And what you're going to be able to do is put your favorite players on there and you're going to get to see every single shot from them live. So you want to put your six players on for your six uh, players from the lineup on DK and see every single one of their shots. You're going to be able to do it. No other golf tournament in the world offers that to us. So you got to love it. Of course, ESPN is going to be there as well. 
and CBS. So fantastic coverage uh, we have to do. And Jeff, before we move on, I think it's a perfect opportunity to tell people about the promo we've got going on. And what you're going to do is you're going to use promo code Augusta because, hey, listen, the Masters is almost here. And with that, you're going to get an Awesome Plus Platinum Weekly Pass for 50% off. So that means you're going to get basically everything Awesome has to offer for just the price of the NFL Weekly Pass. With that, you're going to get all of our golf stuff, player projections, ownership projections, premium Slack channel, lineup builder, and much more. Use it before Friday. Again, that's promo code Augusta. So, Jeff, you and I have been talking the last couple of weeks as we're going to do a quick review before we jump into Augusta. Of course, we're going to do much more about the preview than typically we do about a half-hour review. We're only going to do about 15 to 20 minutes here. But let's jump right in and talk about Carlos, the fall guy, Ortiz. I'm not talking about a fall guy for a, a drug deal gone bad. I'm talking about Carlos Ortiz and the fall type of situation that he is just playing. Sorry, my internet froze there for a second. Um, he's performed admirably only in the fall. In fact, three of his four top tens have come in this circuit. So is he just another one of those players that we have to play in the fall or we have to look at? Yeah, I mean, for sure, you could definitely make that argument for him. I mean, he definitely has done his best work in these weaker field events, right? I mean, Biel's been a player, too. He's, he's strong form together. Like, when Carlos Ortiz has kind of gotten hot, whether it be putting or just ball striking or off the tee, whatever he's doing well, it's generally strong strong results together. I mean, this is a player, too. Like, people forget. Uh, Tim Frank made this point on Twitter. Like, Carlos Ortiz won three times on – it was the web.com tour back in 2014 – He's a player of the year. He got like the in-play uh, promotion. Everyone just assumed this guy was going to be a regular on the PGA too. I mean, people were talking about Carlos Ortiz in the same vein. They were talking about like guys like Justin Thomas back then. Yeah. Um, so the guy has game, uh, but you're right. I mean, for the, he, this is just generally when he's, he's kind of come a lot the last couple of years. It's nice to see. I, I like see, to see players like this. They kind of, you know, he's obviously had a really big peak early in his career and he had to go back down there and work his way back up. So um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, he needed some confidence maybe in these weaker field events, but I, I think you'll see him uh, compete a little bit more going forward uh, at some of these tougher events. Speaking of Augusta, Carlos Ortiz will get there next year uh, because the way that this year's works, in case you don't already know, is that you had to qualify by April of this year. So actually it was like March 25th of 2020. That's yeah. why we see players like Victor Hovland and Daniel Berger. Thank goodness. We don't have to worry about in this year's masters next year. Daniel Berger is in the field, of course, after winning at Colonial. And, uh, of course, Carlos Ortiz winning the Houston Open will get there as well. But we'll talk about them in April. Thankfully, I don't have to talk about Berger now um, because I would uh, be dreading that. But let's move on and talk about three golfers that are on the rise after last week's performance. Dustin Johnson came back from COVID, basically picked up right where he left off, Jeff. It looks fantastic. Hideki Matsuyama looks around the green the best I've ever seen him look now he's typically pretty good but he looked so comfortable around the green last week it looked like he wanted to miss the green instead of putting now granted he gained over a stroke putting as well so that's fantastic but he had a couple of chip-ins a couple more lip outs on chip-ins he's gonna love that around Augusta National this week and lastly Brooks Kepka, who said that if he had just put in his old trusty driver on Thursday he would have won the tournament so (laughs) you got three guys all coming into this week, playing great. We're coming into last week, they're all question marks. So what are you looking at between these three since they all played last week? 
Yeah, I mean, you could even throw Jason Day in that mix. I mean, obviously going off yeah. in the final group. I mean, I know he he, he completely like self destructed Sunday, but still, I mean, he got himself in the final group on on Sunday in terms like that's significant, right? So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's you don't want to react too much. I mean. Uh, this is obviously a weaker field tournament. It's just like a warm up for these guys. Who knows if this is going to carry over, quite frankly. Um, it, so you don't want to overreact too much. At the same time, I give more credence to guys like DJ and Hideki because we've seen this from them before. Like Hideki's been consistent for the past 10 events. And it's a guy who hasn't finished outside the top 30. It's just like you said, he shows so sharp around the greens now that now the, now the results came, right? Like a T2. And I give more credence to that because we know his ball striking has been really consistent over the last little bit. Same with DJ. I mean, he, we, we've seen this from him. It's not like it's out of nowhere. He was missing cuts before or something or wasn't competing at majors. He was doing everything. It's just, he had to take a break. We just wanted to see it again. And obviously we saw it. So I think the question marks more surround uh, Brooks and, and a guy like Jason day. Um, I, I'm not necessarily sold that Brooks is just necessarily back. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a knee injury. It's still significant. If, if we could get like more clarity that like he's it's, it's like completely cleared up, I would feel better. But we, he did struggle off the tee in, in his in his first event at the CJ Cup too. So we'll see uh, if he is consistent off the tee. It's definitely going to be uh, a big thing for him for this week. Um, he still struggled a little bit with his irons last week too. Did a lot of his work with the butter. So uh, I have more question marks around Day and Brooks than I do Hideki and DJ for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'll give you my a quick synopsis on each. Uh, for me, Dustin Johnson, he came in. To last week for this week's odds around 18 to 1, 16 to 1. Yep. After the second place finish, he jumped all the way to 9 to 1. A, yep. I think by the time we tee off on Thursday morning, he'll end up being the odds favorite. And on DraftKings at $10,000, it's almost a must play for me to start a lineup with. I know that, of course, DeChambeau's there. We got Rom. We'll get into that. But Johnson, before COVID, was playing incredible. Since It really has been playing incredible since Brooks said he wasn't his friend, which I don't know if that's really what motivated DJ to become number one again, but certainly there's a correlation between this step up in DJ's game and when Brooks said they weren't friends anymore. Yeah, I would love to see DJ get another major. I think he deserves it, uh, what he's put into the game. Uh, and right now, what I love about DJ's game is that his putter, this new hold his arm, using that spider putter kind of method, technology, whatever you want to call it, it's right. working, and he's putting superbly. Now, granted, he made a 60-footer. Take that out, though, Jeff, and he still putted great last week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, he, he putted good last week, and again, I, I think that's significant. You know, DJ, obviously, throughout his career, hasn't been, like, the best putter. So this year, we've just seen a, a new level of consistency for him. For the, the big thing for me was just his consistency off the tee, right? Um, if he drives the ball like that, he's going to get himself a ton of chance. He's been sharp with the scoring clubs all year. So uh, I think the big thing is at 10K on DraftKings, he's, he's just so underpriced. He's like, he's the fifth or sixth most expensive. Like that's ridiculous right now. So uh, he's going to be a massive play this week, one way or the other. Uh, even if he doesn't win, you know, at that price, like if he comes in the top five, you're pretty much going to need to have him. So I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, DJ chicken to jump up in odds, like you said, playing well. And now he's just, he's significantly underpriced. So He's kind of like uh, he should be the most popular player. If he's not the most popular player on the field, he's probably making a mistake, right? So, I, I totally agree, um, especially with the big odds jump there. Uh, of course, if you're just joining us, thank you for coming by our Monday show where, like I said, we do a little bit of a review, but we're mixing in much more of a preview than a review here this week as it is the Masters. And go ahead and give us a like and 
Don't forget to subscribe to our channel so that when we go live or we put out some content, you can be notified about it right away. So one thing on Hideki that I had note of, and I have to had to rack back and make sure that I was had the right timeline here because you know the years are kind of kind of coming together, especially with COVID. You know, we didn't have a, a Masters in April, but Hideki hurt his wrist at the 2019. So we're talking, you know, almost two years ago, Arnold Palmer Invitational. He came back from a wrist injury there. I remember that because I went there and I, and I ended up, I you can't talk to him because he doesn't speak that much English at all. But I videoed his swing and he came over and looked at my iPad and checked it out with me. Obviously, he was still working on things. But he came in 32nd at the Masters after being injured for a while. That was his worst finish in since 2015. And in that time before that, he had four straight top 20s here at Augusta, showing yep. that his game really fits here. So at 8,700, coming off a tied second, I, my lineups are starting with DJ Matsuyama, and I hope that's not recency bias, but I feel like if you're starting a lineup, these two guys, where they're priced, seems like two of the most uh, highly sought-after golfers this week. Yeah, no, I mean, that's pretty much the cl- conclusion I came to this morning as well. Uh, as far as guys who are underpriced, Matsuyama is probably the second, uh, you know, in there. He got guys like Canley, uh, Finau going off at uh, at bigger prices. Uh, you know, obviously he's underpriced compared to Tiger, Reed. You're right. I mean, Matsuyama has, has really played well at Augusta over his career. And now we see him coming in with arguably the best short game, is, is the best shape his short game has ever been in his career. It's still a matter of is he going to find some some consistency with his putter? I mean that is that is obviously the biggest worry with Matsuyama every week, but yep. he has shown flashes with it recently. Um, and, and yeah, he's up and down, but at least you see those upside weeks. So I'm actually not that worried about it. I also think like wet greens here, um, it, it's going to benefit uh, people like that. I think the most. I think we've seen it in past years here, and maybe I'm just talking out of my you know, proverbial uh, ASS a little bit, but I do feel like in past years when it's been a little bit wetter, the the, the worst putters have sort of putted better here. Guys like Paul Casey too. So uh, I think that's going to help uh, Matsuyama a little bit this week as well. So I, I'm down with it again, you know, um, we'll see what Hideki's ownership gets to. I don't think it'll get out as control as DJ's. That's just my first initial thought. Cause I don't think enough people sort of trust Hideki in the way they trust DJ, but I'm definitely over uh, on Hideki for betting purposes as well. Um, I think this could be this could be interesting, especially with the rain. I, I think that could I think that could favor him. So our chat just brings up, you know, when's the last time Hideki competed in a major? And and it's a it's a good question. I think it's a valid question. And it's been a little time, but at eighty seven hundred dollars on DraftKings specifically, as I, as I kind of turn to that, for me, I think he presents a really good value versus everybody else in that range. I think Tony Finau is still coming back. He struggled with his driver a little bit last week, which makes me nervous for Augusta here. So I think that when you go down the list, you got Tommy Fleetwood next, Preston right next to Matsuyama. I think it provides that safety net of a guy that we can really rely on, especially where his game is right now, to get us inside the top 20. And, you know, for a guy that's priced 8700 that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a top 10, top 15. Um, don't need him to win there. Do we need DJ to win? Yeah, it's probably getting pretty close at 10000 Um, So that's kind of where I've started. Okay, let's yep. go to our DFS review before we get talking too much more about the Masters. Uh, because we'll just kind of uh, avoid it all together if we don't. And want to check out, of course, the allocations that our pros came up with and a couple of other things. So let's go into uh, the DFS review here. And we're going to start off with some points and some ownership. And believe it or not, Jeff, this is incredible. I, when I looked at this and saw this. Okay. Last week, the top 11, 12, maybe even 13 golfers owned 
all made the cut. No missed cuts out of the chalk last week. So even if you had a decent five of six or four of six, you probably had a tough time cashing. And that's exactly what happened to me. I had a pretty good, in fact, I had four pretty good uh, higher dollar lines and none of them cashed because none of them got six of six. So crazy enough, uh, there you can see on the right-hand side, all the guys that made the cut. In, in, included in the no miss cuts, there was also four top tens with Matsuyama, Dustin Johnson, uh, and the like. So Sam Burns, Ty Hatton there as well. Okay, now we go into points. Carlos Ortiz, he was 114, Matsuyama 105, DJ 100, Sepp Straka 96, Kepka 88.5, Taylor Gooch out of nowhere, Jeff 88 points. He was my big miss. I went to Lee Westwood instead of Taylor Gooch. Uh, typically, I pick that every time, but not last week. Sam Burns 84 and a half. Mackenzie Hughes, 83.5, Jay Day, 82, Shane Lowry, 82, and Ty Hatton, 81. So before we move on, I want to ask you about Shane Lowry, Jeff, because he's definitely expected to be low-owned. He's almost low-owned every time. Why does he struggle at Augusta so much? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I I don't really have, like, a good reason for you. I think it's just mainly a, a player who's just not quite as confident around the greens and, and stuff like that. Um, it, it, I think it's just a confidence thing. I think it's a confidence thing off the tee probably maybe some of the tee boxes don't look so so great to him so you know Brandon Grace is, is another like quality player who struggled for a while Martin Keimer another Euro who just you know, said like he just it just doesn't shape up well for him it could be that that with uh, Lowry is also a player who struggled around the greens at points in his in his life as well and uh and with the and with the putter so um I would say it's just a conglomeration of it, it just doesn't feel that comfortable um, still going to be an interesting play this week for me. And I, you know, I'll, I'll probably, again, I, I do think with the, the rain and the forecast, I might just uh, bump up someone like Shane Lowry's playing pretty well, just about one over in Europe uh, a few weeks ago. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my answer. I mean, I don't think it's any one thing that I've heard of. Um, anyways, uh, I've definitely looked into Shane Lowry at Augusta before I know, but uh, I don't have like any clear cut answer there. It's an interesting one there. Okay, let's uh, go on uh, to the top GPP lineup review. And it was a split winning uh, lineup. First time that we've had a split winner in quite some time. Um, Before we move on, I saw chat mentioning, yeah, there is no 10-shot rule for the Masters this year, which is too bad. I really liked that one. Instead, there's only 94 golfers in the field, or maybe 93 now with Sergio withdrawing. Only the top 50 anti's are going to make the weekend, so... Take note of that cut rule. It's so weird. It started off as like the top 44, then it went to the top 44 and 10, then it went to in 2013, went to the top 50 and 10 shots. Right. Now we're just down to uh, the top 50. Okay, so the top GPP lineup, we got DJ obviously in Matsuyama. That was the stack to do. Matched up with Harold Varner, who this guy, uh, RIP Sewell, maybe I don't know how to say that, whatever they're doing there. But in any case, um, Harold Varner came in birdie, birdie, eagle. Or- Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Or birdie eagle birdie on his last couple of holes. Yeah. So that obviously won him 65 grand, as you can see right there. The one thing that I think is, is probably the most outlier here is Will Gordon, Jeff. You and I have talked at length, at nauseum. I've probably bored people to death about it, but this guy just scores. He doesn't finish, but he scores. And there we go in the winning GPP lineup. Anytime this guy's under 7,000, I think you just have to deal with the misconduct equity and roster him, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially in a field like that, right? Like, I mean, it wasn't that strong a field. It's an event before the major. Uh, of course, people haven't seen. Yeah, absolutely. He was uh, he was in my player pool this week. Uh, you'll see him when my lineup gets up, actually. Um, but um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, especially at this price, it's a, it's a talent thing too, right? Like, who are you going to play? Will Gordon or... XYZ. Andrew exactly. Putnam, for that some, matter. I would take Gordon. Who just like, it was yeah. like played on the Corn Ferry Tour last week, right? Like, yep. So, yeah, I, I agree. For right now, if Will Gordon's at this price, especially in fields like this, yeah, I, he's, he's he should be on your radar, probably in your player pool. I mean, 20 birdies was enough to get him the same amount of birdies as DJ. He just can't avoid the big numbers. Eight yeah. bogeys, four yeah. doubles, cool. a triple. Yeah. Made the cut, though, and look, 78 points, 78 and a half for 6,400. It's money. It's a guy that we really, really want to take an eye on for this kind of stuff. So, okay, let's uh, go on uh, to our next slide here, which is going to be the pro review. And I got to be honest, this was the best set of player pool that I have seen Alex Osmo Baker use uh, since I've started doing this. So kudos to Alex. He had none of his top 13 golfers miss the cut, Jeff. Incredible stuff. Well, DJ, yeah, DJ at 40%, Van Ruyen at 39%, Jay Day at 25%, Kepka 22%, Hatton 22%, Gordon, who we just mentioned at 22%, uh, Adam Scott 16%, Matsuyama 16%, Henley 15%, and Finau, Homa, and Scheffler all at 14% owned. In the $10, he came in 77th, but I believe he scored two, maybe even three top 20s in the $44, which he used basically the same player pool. So, just missing on the on the big GPP, but it looks like Alex with a great player pool and no missed cuts. Definitely capitalized in the $44 this week, Jeff. It's pretty good feat to see a guy not have any missed cuts in the top 10 uh, yeah. and, and still score pretty well. Yeah, probably a little frustrating for him. He didn't get something um, bigger than big that. One, yeah. But at the same time, obviously, profitable week, like you said, in the, in the 44 especially. So, okay. yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, look, all these big guys definitely ended up showing up, right? Finau, DJ, Brooks. I mean, I, the week before the major – um, they showed up. So it really just came down to making sure you sprinkled in the right value plays. Obviously you needed Ortiz really to, to hit, unfortunately, because he did have a little bit of ownership. So um, that's, that's obviously, I think what probably kept Alex out of the top spot, just the, the Ortiz, I assume. Um, and, uh, but other than that, man, yeah, you, you can't really ask for much more than this. Can you? So um, even had Will Gordon up there at 22%, who, like we said, fantastic um, play just from a point. So, Yeah. <laughs> For me, when we switch over to my side, uh, I had a similar core in that I I nailed a lot of guys. I had Aaron Wise in the top 10. I had Sam Burns in the top 10. Um, I had Will Gordon, who was in the top 12 or 13 in points scored. 
Uh, had Kepka overweight, had Johnson, pretty much even weight. But my big misses, I had Lee Westwood uh, and Jordan Spieth missed the cut. And as you just mentioned, a lot of the top guys ended up making cut, as we mentioned in the slide before. So th- those lineups that had Free Telly, uh, who's another big miss for me, Spieth and or Westwood, had no chance to cash. Oh, yeah, absolutely, obviously. Um, but, I mean, still, you know, being overweight Van Ruin, you know, Wyndham, Wyndham Clark had ownership at that price was, was really good. So he probably got a little bit of a bump there. But, yeah, it, you know, going with, like, it was one of those weeks. You went with the, the Schefflers and the Redmonds and guys like that over, like, they're just paying up and going more stars and scrubs. You just – you didn't really have a chance. All those big guys showed up with, with at least decent weeks, right? Even Hatton was, like, T7, so – yeah, I pretty much have fell into the same kind of thing as, as you did in in, uh, in my allocation. Then I mean, I didn't have like Spieth and Westwood, but similar type where I just went lower on, just actually had none of, of a lot of the top guys. So When Kepka was uh, T2 at minus nine, two shots back of, I think it was uh, DJ at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, DJ and Ortiz was at 10 under. I'd made it all the way up to sixth in the, uh, in the, the $5, I think it was, or $3, right. whatever contest is down there. Um because of the allocation of Brooks and, and Wise and Straka that I had, uh, but that ended up finishing like 98th or something like that. Yep. Not quite a profitable week. Uh, I always say that you need at least one or two lineups in the top 50 uh, in these GPPs to, to be profitable if you're not going to end up uh, in the top 10, obviously. So uh, that didn't happen for me this week. Not a terrible week. Um, I ended up getting, I think, like 94% of my GPP investment back. So only lost 6%, which... You know, for a losing week is actually pretty good. Now, I didn't cash yeah. any of my big dollars, so that ends up making a pretty bad week. So, all right, let's um, – I think uh, that's a perfect segue into take a look at how I built out my big dollar lineups. Obviously, I was big on Lee Westwood. I thought this would be a perfect course for him, given the fact that um, he doesn't uh, – oh, yeah, I'm sorry. There's another pro review. My bad. My apologies. Uh, I forgot about the second pro review. I was a perfect lead way in into my lineup there, but I'm, I'm jumping ahead. My bad. Let's talk about Rick 75 first. Okay. Uh, and then we're going to talk about Brontosaurus Flex, who had awesome. a couple of top tens. We're going to see how he did it first. Rick 75 struggled. 970th was his top lineup. But Jeff, he had no missed cuts. So that just goes to show you no missed cuts in your top 10. But when you don't have, you know, he didn't have Dustin Johnson in his top ownership. All he really had was Matsuyama to hang his hat on to show you that sometimes even if your core is pretty good or you get everybody through doesn't guarantee a profit yeah looks uh looks similar to my week although i had more miscuts in him but yeah similar story like just no dj exposure no fun no money right so <laughs> yep that's how it happens um okay now for brontosaurus flex who had came in fourth and fifth in the 30 uh 30 44 no sorry the 10 dollar. he also was up there in the 44 dollar competing with alex let's see how he did it there's just one difference jeff one difference only, 28% on Carlos Ortiz. Yeah. That's all you had to do. You had to get Carlos Ortiz, who was 6% owned. You had to have him in 20% owned, and that is how you got it done. So it was a pretty easy one there to show you how he got it done. Carlos Ortiz mixed it in with Matsuyama, Burns, Johnson, Hatton, Gooch even at 17%, Strock at 17%. He pretty much had it all covered. Not perfectly covered because he didn't win, but pretty much all covered. Yeah, it's actually uh, almost shocking to me to see that that he didn't win. But I guess that he didn't, didn't win have, it. <laughs> yeah, uh, like yeah, Burns in there too. Yeah, over the field. That's uh, even a day in there. Like it, that, that's actually shocking to me. He didn't he didn't win. But uh, did, did, what was his highest lineup? So it actually the reason why he didn't well, win fourth is fourth and fifth. Okay. Yeah, it had Maverick McNeely. It was DJ with Hatton. So instead of DJ with Kepka. Um, 
DJ with Hatton. Okay, yeah. Yeah, DJ DJ with Hatton was his top with Burns, Straka, McNeely, and Ortiz. So he just needed, obviously, he needed eight more points. So probably coming off of McNeely and, um, you know, finding Gordon. That that would have done it, actually. Yeah, I mean, right he still had two lineups in the top, top five. Yeah. So I guess. But, that, I mean, looking at that ownership, that's what you at least expect, right? So, yeah, that's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> okay, now we can move on to my lineup review, um, which uh, we'll breeze through these quick. I got four of six. I hit everything I wanted to. I was high on Hovland. I was high on Scheffler. Obviously, the field was high on Scheffler. 32% in the $200 where this contest was. You mentioned Van Ruyen. I thought he was a good pivot off of Clark. I did not like Clark. I mentioned on the show that I felt like he expended a little too much mental energy, and it came to show on Friday when he needed another birdie to get to the weekend. Couldn't do it. The field was on burn, so I can't even say that was good. My misses were if I had found Westwood into Gooch or Fratelli down to Wise, that would have done it for me, but ultimately... Didn't really have a chance because uh, it didn't even have anyone in the top five. So it didn't even have Gordon, really. It was just a miss for me on Westwood and Fratelli. Uh, I, I will make that miss again, likely, because I thought they were both good fits. But um, Fratelli missed on the number and Westwood missed by a couple. When we go to yours. You had a couple of guys in the top 10 and Will Gordon. Um, 416 and a half points. Jeff, did this end up getting through the cash line? Or yeah, did oh, yeah, these, yeah. yeah I, I figured it did. Yeah, no, it was well into the cat. Actually, if you look at the winning line, I actually had three of those dudes. I didn't realize that. But yeah, Hideki, when I was looking back, Hideki obviously had uh, a pretty massive week. Um, so I did I did something a little different this week. I'm just putting, I'm, I'm doing like really low, low stakes. Like I'm just going to throw in 20 lineups every week. And, and what I did was I, I went 100% Sam Burns, yep. 100%. Uh, Matthew Neesmith and 100% Scotty Sheffield this week. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing that going, picking two, doing three players, hundred percent ownership and just seeing how it goes the next few weeks. It's more just for fun to me, to be, to be honest. Cause I want to see obviously going massively overweight is going to create huge variance, but at the same time you think about it, you land on Carlos Ortiz instead of Matthew Neesmith this week. And you know, same price basically go crazy, right? Because the other two guys made the cut Burns had a massive week. Um, yeah, it was, it was one of those things. I mean, um, obviously I faded the top players outside of Matsuyama. Matsuyama definitely saved me having him with Burns and, and uh, some lineups, Will Gordon saved me a bit. You know, Scheffler was whatever. Um, the, actually, the interesting thing about this lineup, too, is I didn't realize this, but because I, I had another lineup that was almost the same, but it, it replaced M with Henley. Sanjay M finished five shots behind Russell Henley, and they both scored the exact same the points. Same points, yeah. Henley realized that not make any my lineup, so I was like, holy, that is like, that's pretty nuts. Like, to finish five strokes behind. So, M had a big scoring week. Uh, but, yeah, for me, Burns was the best play. I had a massive outright on him, too which really stung, but uh, had some top 10 exposure as well in the betting. So a little bit of profit there, but not much. Yeah, at least it was a little decent there. And and um, I was sitting there with a small, small burn sticking, nothing, nothing big. Uh, Cause he was kind of like uh, my second tier play. And then Carlos Ortiz just came out of nowhere. I didn't even think about him to bet. I was like, yeah, maybe five to one on DJ wasn't a bad bet. I don't think he was five to one going into Sunday, but at some point on Saturday, he definitely was. But okay, I'm done with the Houston Open. Um, it, it was a good tournament, all in all. I don't want to make it sound like it wasn't. It's a good course. Yeah, I, th- I thought the course was actually, honestly, Jeff, I thought the course was a great practice for golfers that wanted to get tuned up for Augusta. One of the things yeah. that Brooks Kepka really worked on, and I'm sure was good when he saw that it was going to be right before Augusta, was that they worked on the green complexes and made them very difficult with a lot of raised green complexes, a lot of shaved runoffs. Um, and that's exactly what the guys are going to see this week. So a really good test, a really good practice. And so let's talk a little bit about Augusta national, but before we do, I want to tell you about the Monday night football giveaway. 
We got two awesome quarterbacks to talk about tonight, guys that are definitely going to be throwing the ball. I say that with a little bit of sarcasm as we got Joey Big Game Flacco going up against Cam Newton. And what we want you to do is head to our Twitter handle, and we're going to have you tell us who's going to throw for more yards tonight. And Julian Edelman is not an answer to that question. He's not playing tonight either. Um, Although I might actually throw him in there if he was playing because those other two guys – I don't know if they can be thrown for any passing yards. But anyways, tell us who's going to throw for more yards between those two. And one random winner will be selected among the correct guesses. You're going to win a year's worth of awesome NFL. Of course, check out our Instagram handle as well. Uh, and uh, go and do that. To enter, though, you got to enter through our Twitter page, our Twitter handle. So. Who are you taking? Taking Cam? Or? I mean, listen, it's. I guess the Jets are like one of the best pass defenses in the league. But I, I don't know why that is. I don't it's, know about that. I, <laughs> That's why I think statistics can get kind of wonky a little bit. I'll go with Cam Newton and Jacoby Myers tonight because I'm a you know I'm a New England guy and they're my second favorite team. I'll side with the elite quarterback and Joe Flacco. So. Yeah, the elite quarterback, Joey Flacco. I think I think if one of these guys gets over 200 yards, it'll be an accomplishment. So. Can I pick uh, whoever the backup quarterback for the Jets are after Flacco gets knocked out? I, I don't that's even who know who their third stringer is. I don't I don't know if we need to dive into that team. That's that's a scary thought. Nonetheless, it'll be a fun game. There's still a million dollars on the line on DraftKings. So uh, if you want to get a year's worth of awesome NFL, go ahead and enter that. But let's talk about Augusta National uh, for a minute. Well, first, let's talk about the Masters because I actually had some things I want to talk about. Then we'll talk about Augusta National. So everyone is here in the top in the world, except for Joaquin Neiman and Sergio Garcia, who had to withdraw from COVID. I already mentioned Victor Hovland and Daniel Berger. They're also not here. But... What I wanted to talk to you about is first-time com- com- competitors, we'll call it. Competitors, yes. The, sorry. Word was slipping my mind for a second. They really struggle here at Augusta. There's no two ways about it. But I thought I'd bring you up some of the most prominent players in their first start. Matsuyama came in 27th. Tony Finau, 10th. Jason Day and Jordan Spieth came in second. The only other top 10s. Patrick Cantlay, 47th, Xander Shoffley, 50th, Justin Thomas, 29th, Rory, 20th, Fowler, 38th. That pretty much covers most of the top. Uh, John Rahm came in 28th. He's another guy. So with that being said, I want you to tell me two things. One, is there any first-time competitors you're going to play a lot? Two, of the first-time competitors, which I believe we have somewhere around 30 to 40, who do you think is the best bet to have the best week here at Augusta this week? Okay, catching me slightly off guard because I don't have my list of first-time competitors. But I can tell you if they're first-time if, if you uh, – Okay. Yeah. Uh, is Ch- Champ's not a first-timer. He played last year, right? No, he couldn't because the, his first win was the Sanderson Damn. Farms, which at the time was not a full FedEx distribution. Okay. And then, of course, he won uh, last year in the fall swing again, which was a full distribution, but he didn't get in because uh, of obviously we had COVID. So this is the first yeah. time he gets to play. Okay, that's what I, I actually thought that was the case. So I, I, I will say Cameron Champ. Uh, I will have exposure to Cameron Champ. Uh, again, everyone's everyone's excited about Bryson hitting it so far, you know, blowing a pass. Cameron Champ can do a lot of the same things. Uh, he really can. Uh, great par five score. Again, a little bit of a wet course maybe helps a guy like that. And again, we, we've talked about this a lot, uh, Jason and I, but just the scoring, I got a list up here now, just yeah. the scoring aspect of what he can do you know at 6800 um if he just blasts the par fives all week and finishes t28 you, you could see him in the winning mealy maker lineup i know uh, a few years back you know russell henry finished like 21st but he, he scored so well 
Yep. He's in winning Millie lineup. So uh, at 6,800, I could see a similar, I think he's 6,800. 7,100. Uh, 7,100. 7,100. No, 7, that's cheap enough. You could see him do the uh, a same feed. So I'm going to say Cameron Chap's a dude I'll definitely have exposure to um, 100%. Yeah, I, I got a couple of other names uh, here that I thought were interesting. Obviously, Colin Morikawa, Matthew Wolf, uh, their first times out there. Their price, though, maybe a little too expensive for me at a first time at Augusta. Um, do I think that those guys have the same level of talent that, say, Jordan Spieth or Jason Day do, uh, did when they came out and had their second place? Yeah, of course I do. But Jason Day and Jordan Spieth didn't have to play against Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, and Hideki Matsuyama, among many others that are in form right now. Um, so a little bit of a difference, uh, there, obviously comparatively to the field strength, at least in my opinion. Um, I think actually, I shouldn't say that. I think, uh, Spieth's year that he, he had to play against Johnson and McElroy, but I don't think they're as good as they are now. Um, I think more cow's price is definitely, it, it's, he'll probably be really low in this week for people who want to take a shot there, but that is like, I'm not going to pay up for him, uh, for a first timer there. Uh, he's also feels like lately. He's just ready for the year to end, which is completely fair. It's completely fair. The guy's won twice. Hell of a year. Won yeah. a major. I would be ready for the year to end if I was him too. Like, let's just, you know, let's take a little break here and I can enjoy it. Yeah, this will be, but, and this uh, will be the last week for him. That's a great point. It, it, yeah. I can't imagine he'll tee it up at RSM or OHL Michael. But actually, though, in fact, he's going over the for the DP World Tour uh, over in the European. So okay. we'll, we'll get to see Morikawa again. Um, one thing I want to note before we go on to the golf course a little bit, which, of course, I'm sure most people that are listening to this uh, show already know much about but the cut line it did change it is only the top 50 this year there's no 10 stroke rule it's upsetting i really like that 10 stroke rule it, it came into effect a couple of the years the last couple and got my guys through the cut didn't help patrick can't lay out though a couple of years ago actually when he was coming back and he was on a huge team of mine but regardless it's only gonna be the top 50 this year i saw the chat chatting about it so let's move on talk about augusta national i've got some notes on it uh par 72 74 7500 yards a basic setup, four fives, four threes, and ten fours. Talking about par, obviously. But, Jeff, only one par four under three, under 400 yards. In fact, only one par four under 440 yards. That's the third hole. Kind of drivable, I'd say, especially for Bryson. I think he's going to take three whatever. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At it this week. Well, um, yeah. But fairways are relatively easy to hit. Yeah, relatively easy to hit for sure. Uh, like, like re- realistically, really easy to hit. And the thing is, yeah. even if you're offline on a lot of them, it's not that big a deal. I mean, you can you can get pathways. Like we saw Tiger miss on the, I think it was the tenth, like two days in a row. He just drove it into like a clearing, and and he still had a, a free path to the hole, right? So there's not even that many like hard punch out shots. I mean, you might have to deal with wet rough this week, which is could be a factor. But um, a lot of room off the tees for the big hitters. Um, at the same time, like I, I and again, I, I I was gonna make this point this morning on Twitter, but like you look, I, I know the course plays well for big hitters, absolutely it does. But it because the, the rough isn't that big a deal, and the fairways are easy to hit, it also brings in short hitters. Like you look, let's look at the last. Look at the winners. Yeah, just look at the winners. Will it? Even Tiger doesn't hit it far anymore. Anymore, okay, maybe like a slightly big hitter, and uh, and Patrick Reed. Is that that's not bombers? Like those are not bombers, people. So 
Everyone is a player. That's another thing that I really like about this course. I think it does a good job of bringing the field in play. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, maybe it plays a little bit differently this week because it's wet. I could see that happening too. But it just I'm just trying to you know say it's it's easy to hit fairways. It definitely you know I, I agree. Like the bombers can get it out there, no worries. But it also brings other people into play. It, it absolutely does. It does it every year. And um, you know for DFS, you can emphasize stuff like off the off the tee and stuff like that. But you know, I you, I wouldn't I wouldn't just write people off if they're not like top ten percent in driving distance. Here's what I'll say: if you drive it incredibly consistent here at Augusta this week, your likelihood of having a chance if if you're one of the best golfers in the world of getting a top ten is very high. I'll, I'll say that. But what I'll I'll say one step further: having an elite driving week doesn't ensure victory here. That's there's the difference. Will it ensure a good finish? Yes, because if you're driving it well, that means you probably have a chance to putt for four eagles around, theoretically speaking. It, it, all par fives are reachable, especially by Bryson. But, of course, by the best in the world, all of them are reachable and all of them are scorable. But we, as you mentioned, Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth are two of the last guys that I would pick to hit a tee ball for me if I had my choices of, of guys hit off the tee. And they're two of the last five winners here. Danny Willett's I can throw Danny Willett in there as well. I, I don't even consider him a Masters winner, even though he is, and we got to deal with him watching every year. But the reality of it is those three guys would be some of, especially speak, would be some of the bottom 10 that I would pick um, in terms of hitting a tee ball for me. So a couple more notes about Augusta. Obviously, we know it gets its strength from the green and green complexes, 55% scrambling, uh, which makes it one of the hardest and, of course, one of the top 10 hardest greens on tour. The par fives, Jeff, the four of them, they're going to score 50 percent of DraftKings scoring uh, alone on those four holes. Yep. Uh, and one last note on the course before we move into our first clicks and a couple more things uh, is tons of speculation about the 13th hole, that beautiful par five, possibly the best par five in the world. A lot of people thought that they'd be moving it back behind the 12th green into the new land that they just purchased uh, across that little access road. It's not going to happen for this year's Masters. Yep. Maybe for the 2021 version, but definitely not for this year. So we'll still play as a 510 yep. yarder that Bryson's going to try and take over everything. He's just going to try and go over all the trees, hit it into that big landing area on the 14th hole and have a wedge in. Let's see if he gets yeah, it done. And, and this is, again, it's an interesting point. I mean, maybe, maybe Bryson does that and it gives them an advantage, but like people say, Oh, Bryson's going to have an eight iron into to, to 13. Everyone has an eight or like a six or seven iron into 13. Like the par fives are easy for everyone. So again, I, I, Bryson could absolutely just, you know, he could, if he, if he's, if he's putting well and he just gets that, even that small little edge from his distance. Yeah, it could work out. Um, but you know, again, it, it's going to bring more people into play. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm out on Bryson or anything. Or he doesn't have an advantage this week. I'm just saying this, this, uh, this event is good because unlike some courses for majors where it's like legitimately like 20 people can win, there's like the U.S. Open people that are live here, and that's why we see like forty to fifty talent winners, like Patrick Reed and and Sergio winning. I mean, those guys were forty to fifty to one when they went off, so uh, yep. it, it kind of makes it fun too. Yeah, totally agree. I think when you look at Wingfoot versus Augusta, you know, just the most recent major, if you realistically go back and look at it, you're like, man, ten golfers maybe can win this. Yeah, not this week. I really think that if somebody gets hot with you know their putter. You know, we saw Spieth do it in, in 2016 and set the scoring record or tied it with Tiger. You know, he didn't really do much else. So um, that's one thing I love about the course. So, um, all right, let's move on to our first clicks. And uh, we're going to get in a couple 
Somebody mentioned here uh, in chat, uh, Greg did, that the 13th hole might be the most beautiful hole in the world. And uh, Greg, I totally agree with you, man. I, I really think it is. 12, 13, that's what I love about Masters coverage. I get to watch those holes all day long. I've got all my TVs on each of the different channels. I mean, it's just it's just total chaos in my house. Got to love it. Um, my son doesn't get to watch any Thomas the Tank Engine this week, let me tell you. And Thomas the Tank Engine's not even in the field, so I don't have to worry about rostering him either. Um, but... Our first clicks, we saw Dustin get his number basically cut in half after the tie two at Houston Open. So it's either him or Bryson at nine to one. Are you thinking you can get a better number on one of those guys, maybe in tournament? And you're starting with your card, card with, say, John Rahm? Because that's what Ben is doing. I asked him this morning. Ben Raza, of course, our, our other co-host here. He's starting his card with Ben Rahm or John He's Rahm? starting with Rahm, thinking he can get a better number in tournament on Bryson and or Dustin. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, um, I, I could definitely see that. Uh, especially Bryson is probably riskier if you like Bryson, uh, because Bryson could just theoretically come out from from start to finish. DJ has always kind of been like more of a slow starter, at least in my opinion. I, and and look, recently, I think if you're looking to get on DJ, yeah, definitely think about it like Friday afternoon if uh, if if he's a little bit behind or, or something, or even just after the first round if he's like you know five shots back. I definitely like that strategy. Um, definitely will be looking to take advantage of, of it. Probably will be Dustin for me, the guy I'm targeting too, quite frankly. Yep. Uh, he's kind of like uh, the, the guy I, I favor the most. Um, I'm not sure why, why, why Ben, you know, chose Rom to target over those guys pre-event, probably just because of the better odds, I would assume, which actually makes sense. And that's uh, even come down since this morning. Cause that was 13 to one and now it's 10 and a half. Yeah. And again, you know, you're not, there's not a huge difference in odds here that we're talking about, but, the, the thing that um, is going to be a big factor is, is the weather too. I mean, like it, right now, Friday afternoon looks like it might start clearing up. So that could play into it. Um, if you got a guy who like, is like I said, back on the first round and, and it starts to look like better weather for Friday afternoon, I, I would hit it quickly because if they do go out in softer greens with like, like brighter sunny skies, you could see better scoring Friday afternoon. So that's something else to consider uh, if you're thinking of a strategy like that in play make sure you're taking track, uh, keeping track of, of what's going on in the event. Cause if it starts to clear up and your guys about to tee off in the afternoon, could be a low round for him. And uh, you'll probably miss like the better odds. So for sure. And, and great spot to use odd shopper as well um, here on our Osmo site. Of course, if you don't know how to get to that, go to Osmo.com search, go across the banner and click odds shopper. And there it'll tell you that John Rom is 11 to one on FanDuel versus the 10 and a half to one on DraftKings and 10 to one at Ben MGM. So a great tool there. Hey, one point, does it matter? Well, if you're betting a hundred bucks, yeah, it matters. Of course it does. Um, matters uh, a, a nice, more of a return there. So um, take a look at that. Points obviously matter when you can get them. Speaking of points, though, when we get into this outside of the teen range and we're in the 20s, 20s and say 30s or 20s all the way to 50, starts off with Cantlay and Matsuyama at 28 and 30 to 1. I think that's going to probably, as I'll mix in a little DFS, I think that's going to probably bring ownership up on Hideki Matsuyama. I'm sure that'll really skyrocket it. Patrick Cantlay, I think that he'll end up coming in at good ownership as well. Do you think that either of these two guys are worth a bet at this range, or do you still think it's too long of an odds for them at this point? So Cantlay and Matsuyama, those were the two, right? Sorry, my computer just made a noise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I definitely like uh, Matsuyama this week. I, I'll be on him uh, for betting. His price has come down. I see some people already kind of uh, uh, touting him as well, who were kind of popular in that realm. So, um, you know, but plus 25, draw, I'm fine. I'm fine taking it. And, and the, the the thing is, again, I mentioned, you know, some of those guys in the mid range guys like, you know, Reed, 
uh, Sergio, even Willett was like 50 to one pre-event. They're also all kind of the same age range as Cantlay and Matsuyama. Like those, that late 20 elite, but haven't quite gotten there yet in a big event. I, I like it. I, I, I mean, I, I like the setup for these guys. I mean, I, I know they're not, they're probably not as good as, as guys like Thomas and, and, and Bryson. I mean, they're close, but they're probably not quite as good, but you're also getting double odds here. Like there's, there's no juice left in Justin Thomas, Dustin, uh, if you're taking one of those guys, you're expending a big part of your bankroll. And that's fine. I absolutely understand that strategy. I'm not even saying it's bad, but I, I always, almost always prefer, especially with the Masters, y- you target the mid-range guys and you can add a couple more. Uh, Matsuyama will be on there for sure. Cantley will be on there for sure for me. Um, and uh, I, I might even think about Tony Finau for similar reasons. So actually, I'm not going to not think. I'm, I'm, I've already bet Tony Finau, so I shouldn't even say it like that. It's, uh, oh. it's a matter of... I'm just waiting to see if I can find better price later in the week to, to add to him, really. So, no, I think I think that's fair. I, my only question was going to be if if it comes down to Finau or Matsuyama, eighty-eight, eighty-seven hundred for DraftKings yeah. or for betting. It looks like Finau's a little longer odds. So, if you yeah. want to play that, maybe go that. But on DraftKings, is it is it a big decision for you, or are you playing both? Uh, you can absolutely play both. I don't think that's a problem. But uh, if I'm going to lean Matsuyama. Uh, absolutely. I, I'll, I'll, I'll rank him. Uh, I, I feel pretty good in saying that. Uh, I like the way Hideki's come in. He's played a ton. I like the lead up uh, in that regard for him. I like the way his short game's looking. The, the approaches have been fine the, the entire time. It's just, you know, we also saw him, you know, at the U.S. Open, like he was up there in strokes gained tee to green, almost led the field. He just couldn't put on those greens. And again, I just come down to, and maybe this won't work out, but the, the, the wet greens, I just, I really feel like that, that, that could be a big thing on bent grass. He's putted, at Augusta before, like he knows the greens, at least you got to figure that's going to help him a little bit with the confidence. So I'm pretty big on Matsuyama this week. Uh, I got a little bit of piece of him when he was 41 last week, added to him uh, last night when he was 31 and I'll, I'll finish it off with some more 25 to one probably. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do prefer him over Fina. even though I'll have exposure to both. Yeah. Uh, I totally, uh, totally understand as well. And uh, got a, got a great chat going here today and got a decent amount of people in here. So don't forget to give us a like, yeah, we got the number one ranked uh, PGA player in here as well. The Alex man, 93 is trying to make sure he gets in uh, good enough Millie maker lineups this week to keep that ranking. And like I said, make sure to subscribe and give us a like on the way uh, out. So a couple more things. Let's go over some values. So in this, obviously there's, plenty of things to bet on i mean you can come up with anything here i put it in top values i like to bet top 20 but there are it's the master so you can bet pretty much anything you want so i'll leave the floor open you can give me some values if you want or you can give me some fun bets that you've clicked on so far so i mean I, i'm gonna bet paul casey this week and I, I got him out of the book at, at plus 70 to one and someone's threw out to me that they saw him even bigger than that but I'm fine with it. I mean, look, you go by recent form, doesn't look like he's done much, but I mean, this is a player who's peaked twice for the majors really well uh, already, you know, obviously coming in uh, T2 at the, the PGA and the weather's going to throw things uh, around a bit. Again, I, I come down to who's won this event over the last five years. It's been two veterans, two guys like in their late thirties, uh, early forties. And it's been guys like just, just under 30. Casey definitely fits like the tiger or Sergio mold here. Uh, he's played pretty well. He's peaked well for the big events. I think this price is a little weird, quite frankly. Like, you know, you see him. I'm just looking at a book right now. Cameron Champ has shorter odds than him. Tommy Fleetwood. Like, what have these guys done to deserve to be, like, you know, shorter than Paul Casey? So, uh, Casey's got good course experience, too. Again, the weather, you know, a good open championship player. I'll, I'll take a piece of that. So, um, I don't mind Cameron Champ. His odds look like he's, they're coming down a bit. But um, 
the other one I'll, I'll throw out for a long shot is uh, Matt Wallace at uh, top 20, uh, plus 1,000 or better I've seen. Or no, sorry, top 10, uh, plus 1,000 or better. Uh, he's played good golf, uh, was in contention uh, a couple weeks ago in Europe, uh, top 10 at Memorial. It's be his second time playing, but he's gone through some swing changes and uh, seems like he's playing good again. He's just a good player when he's in contention. And uh, again, I hate to keep bringing back the weather, but these English guys in, in the rain, I don't know. I just like that narrative. It's something I'm going to be leading on this week. So, Flying up the eyes board, he got his number cut in half as well as the DJ. Well, DJ's not quite cut in half, but this guy I'm going to talk about, I get, I get. If I had my other co-host with me, not you, Jeff, but Ben, I would be getting lambasted just about now. But because it's you, I think I might be able to sneak away with a little bit of Francesco Molinari talk. Sixty-seven hundred dollars. He was two hundred and twenty to win. He was eight to one on a top twenty last Wednesday. Now three to one on the top teddy and a hundred and ten to one to win. He gained throughout his bag last week, so I'm not gonna lie. He was my first click under seven thousand. Am I crazy? Oh man, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be such a crazy story if uh, if Molinari ends up like just doing anything this week. Like if he gets himself into contention, you know. I mean, again, it, and again, you know, you bring up uh, I bring up the course brings people into play. I mean, Molinari was was deep into contention here, not a big hitter at all. So yeah, to see him gain throughout the bag last week, I, I don't want to say it was shocking, but like it's like wow, is this guy back now too? Like. We got like an informed Francesco Molinari to worry about this week. It's Let's crazy. It. I love it. I love an informed Francesco yeah. Molinari. No, absolutely. It's great. It just throws another monkey ranch into it. And, you know, you look at who he's paired with down here. You know, you're going to tell me you're going to take like Ben Ann or, or Zach Johnson over Molinari. I mean, like the upside is, is tantalizing. It's absolutely tantalizing. So I'm kind of with you on it. Um, I don't really want to have to think about it, but I'm going to now. Uh, I will say this down in that range. I also kind of like Brant Snedeker. Um, you know, hit his irons pretty well last week. Uh, we saw him, I think, after the first round being contention. He, he gears he, another veteran who just gears himself up for, for the majors, right? And we've seen nice him perform well at the Masters. I like the fact there's a little bit of rain for Brent Brand Snedeker. Um, yeah, I think 6,900, he's going to be in play for me, too. Uh, thanks to the Alex man who I just mentioned a little bit for the super chap. It's for my Cheetos fund. And Jeff, if you don't know my Cheetos story, uh, you'll have to get that from me another time. It involves Pat Perez and my wife of all things. So another time, another day. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Good, good, good story. Nonetheless. Um, okay. Another, uh, couple of values here. So this is where I maybe am stretching a little bit, but when I see these numbers, I'm like, okay, well, eight to one on a top 20, it doesn't seem terrible. There's two guys sitting at that number who I, in fact, think are very similar type players, what they rely on. And it's JT Poston, who had a decent week last week, and Justin Harding, who also had a decent week last week and came in 12th here last year. Now, he was really informed last year. Mm-hmm. He's a great putter. JT Poston, also a great putter. I'd put both of them, it's possibly even the top 15 in the world in terms of strokes gained putting. Uh, if I had to pick some guys to make yeah. a 10-footer for me, they'd be up there. So... At eight to one in the top twenty, is that too much of a stretch? And would you rather go to DK with them at sixty three hundred? I don't mind them on DK. I don't think. I mean, I don't. I'm not in love with it. I think I'd probably lean Boston. Um, I, I do like me some Justin Harding. I like me some Euros, as you guys can probably already uh, see. He's played okay in, in spurts. He's been a little bit more shaky though. Boston's been pretty consistent. So um, I, I want to say he's like a Carolina native too. Yeah, uh, Carolina. Yep. Yeah, he's been he's been pretty consistent this year. Uh, I, I think you got to give him some credit for that. Again, just 
I really like these guys who've come in here, just just been like consistent, you know, no, no lulls, no injury issues, no layoffs. You kind of give them a little bit of credit coming in here. It, it's easier to peak when you're in that kind of form. And I think Poston is kind of one of those players. So um, I'm interested for, for 6,300. I, I might have a, a bite. I mean, there's really no one else other than Harding down here that really mm-hmm. uh, did it for me right off the bat. I know those are the first two names I looked at too. Um, you know, is Max Homa going to come alive? Finally, I don't know. That's just a guess. That's just a shot in the dark, right? I mean, Poston and Harding, the guys we've seen do it all year. So, yeah, I, I think Poston is definitely in it for a top 20. I don't mind that at all. Um, and, and I think he's he's at least semi in play to be uh, like a small part of your GPP laps. Again, you don't have to be – you don't you don't need a ton of JT Poston to be overweight the field, right? So it's just uh, a small dabble. Uh, I, this is where – that's where I would go, absolutely. So, Homa, you, you mentioned him, and, and he's an interesting name. But for me, he's a guy that – he, he needs to be showing something with his irons for me to play him. And his irons still haven't broke from this rough patch. I mean, he hasn't gained strokes with his approaches since the three M where he yeah. had a good week since then though. It's, you know, what's that like yeah. six or seven starts where he hasn't gained on. Seems like a player just ready to just call it a year. Right. And that's fine. Again, that's fine. He, mm-hmm. he's, you know, it, it was, a, it was a great start for him. Never really got on track after the COVID restart, but I don't know. Is he going to pick it up at the Masters all of a sudden, just in the last event? I don't know. Again, I, I'm worried about. I, I don't really want to bet on players like that in this spot who are so close to being finished now, and like they're just going to turn on for last major. I guess it could happen. It probably will with a couple of players, but I don't really want to bet on it. So, so uh, before we go into our couple minutes of uh, DFS preview, even though we've kind of been doing it throughout, uh, any bets that you are taking a look at, say even make cut parlays miscut parlays anything like that yeah the uh i mean the parlays are always always fun i mean with the with the no 10 shot rule obviously the uh to make the cut maybe becomes a little bit tougher but i it, that that does also doesn't always come into play so maybe it's not that big a deal but those are always fun uh you always see sometimes books just put out you know just just two big odds on, on guys to make the cut because realistically over 50 percent of the field is in play uh is, is going to make the cut right so yeah. Um, one thing to consider this year, the field is a little bit bigger. So, um, you know, the odds drop just from that perspective a little bit, I guess, a little bit tougher to make it, but, um, I think it was like 87 last year. It's 96 this year. Again, just something small to consider, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably make uh, like some kind of made make the cup parlay. Uh, I, I like targeting things like top 20 in these limited fields though. I, I think you get a little bit better odds, uh, top tens as well. So nothing too crazy for me, but uh, I'll probably make some, some dumb parlays on Wednesday night. Yeah, and of course, some sites allow you to uh, do the parlays. Some don't, so um, you know, we don't have to get too much into the weeds on those. But you know, even if you took like all of the all of the golfers to make the cut, all the top ones, so like you know, Brooks, Rom, Rory, yep. DJ, you're still only getting like a plus two hundred. <laughs> yeah, you got to totally. sprinkle in a couple deep guys in there. Like you gotta you gotta take a shot with a couple dudes. Like a, a you know, Poston might be a good one. Uh, Actually, he would probably yeah. have big odds. Yeah, like oh yeah, you're right. See that bumps it up quite a bit. That's a good call. Yeah. So, so you got it. You got to dive a little deep. You got to look at those values you really like if you're making the to make the cuts. I mean, I don't know if you want to go with the old guys, but there generally is like one one or two old guys that'll make it. But really, try and look at those those PGA pros who are just getting discounted a little bit, and uh, you know that that'll bump your. But you don't want to go too deep into them, but just a couple that'll that'll really bump up your odds. So yeah. For, for sure. take like like that's 30, what you're going uh, for anyways. Like 10 instead of 30, right? So so how many of those old geezers, sorry for uh, my language there, uh, are going to actually make the cut this week? I'll say there's probably like 
what, 10 of them? Maybe not, maybe not quite 10. Uh, I mean, I, wait, we can rattle them off really quick here. Let's see. We got, okay. We got my Larry Mize, Ola Thobble, Sandy Lyle, VJ Singh, Trevor Immelman, Bernhard Langer, Fred Couples. Did I miss any? I don't think so. So seven. Yeah. Any make the cut. Uh, I'm going to say one does. It's going to be either Couples or VJ. I think that the longer course probably going to favor those guys. Uh, one okay. of them probably make it. Probably Couples. Okay. That was more just fun than it was anything else. Okay, let's go over our DFS preview uh, for the last couple of minutes here while we are on. We've got five golfers above 10K, a very, very tightly packed 9K and 8K section. In fact, you can find a golfer at every $100 increment except for $9,900. So in your first clicks on DraftKings, uh, who is the first guy in your lineup this week? So first guy in my lap over 10K, you said? Uh, yeah, or anybody. If first guy in your lineup that you've clicked doesn't have to be a 10K. Oh, okay. Anybody. Okay. You can start with Cantlay if that's the route you're going or, or elsewhere. Yeah, so first guy is going to be Hideki Matsuyama. Um, like I said, I'm just going to be overweight on Hideki. Okay. Already bet him. Um, I just like the way his game – I just like the lead-up for him. I, I like the way it's set up. I like the way he's played uh, since, the, you know, the, over the last 10 events. And I think this, this could be, like I said, a really good spot. So I'm going to stick with that and uh, say he's going to be my first click. Okay, I like it. I think my first click after seeing him for two days, it was my first click. And now seeing him for four days – it solidifies it. It's Dustin Johnson for me. And if Dustin Johnson was 11,100 or 11,000, it probably would be John Rahm. But the fact that Dustin Johnson is $500 cheaper than Rahm and I think has just as much win equity as Rahm does, DJ is going to be the first guy in my big dollar lineup this week. There's no doubt about it. And your guy, Matsuyama, number two, he's probably going to be the second guy in it. Now, if that's the route we go, let's say that Johnson and Matsuyama is our first stack. That leaves uh, an average of just about, you know, mid-sevens. So let's go down to the mid-sevens. There's some um, Justin Rose, Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, we can even deep a little lower, Cam Champ, Ian Poulter in that range. So from 7,600 to 7,000, as we work in our third and fourth guys in our lineup, who are your first clicks in this range? So if, I, if I'm sticking in the 7,000 range, um, I am probably going to have some some Lee Westwood in, in the old lineups this week. Okay, uh, as crazy as that may sound, but um, he's he's really played well. He's played consistently, and again, you look at what he's done. Not only has he played a lot, but top twenties everywhere, top T thirteen at the U.S. Open. I'm not looking for Lee Westwood to necessarily win this week, but I think again, if again if it just plays a little sloppier, and he was in contention in the year um, Willowbond when it was it was tough scoring too. I just, I like the lead up. I like the lead up. I, I like the price. And uh, I think if you're going in the, in the low seven K range, that's the guy I feel most comfortable with. So I'll be looking to Lee Westwood for some value. Um, there's there, I, I brought up champ up there too, but you know, again, I, I feel a little bit more comfortable just because I think Westwood has such a better chance of making the cut. Um, he might get outscored by champ and, and you know, that makes both yeah, of them liable, sense. but um, uh, I'm going to lean Lee Westwood down there in the low seven Ks. So, for uh, I'll start up in the mid, uh, the high range first names that I'm looking at. I think stability first name I'd click was Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, I don't think he's missed a cut here. Uh, yeah. let's see. Uh, I know he's also got a good start mixed in there as well. I just had my notes on here. He is 21st, 38, 32nd, and seventh. So he's four for four with a top 10. You love seeing that. Um, I think he so I, I was going back and forth between him and Louis Ustazen, and they have very similar results here. 
Yeah. Louis is not going to withdraw from this event, but I can't play Louis in my big dollar lineup because if he withdraws, I'm going to end up jumping off the Skyway Bridge for all of my Tampa residents. You know what that is. Um, shut down today because we've got that hurricane rolling through. But um, so I went down to Fitzpatrick in that range. Another guy that I think fits that mold of Oosthuizen and uh, Fitzpatrick is Cam Smith. Cam Smith coming in off of back-to-back really good starts. Hasn't missed a cut in quite some time. And as a top five here at Augusta, three for three and made cuts as well. So those are kind of my first three. And lastly, I'll give you my last one in this range, Ian Poulter. This guy that hasn't missed a cut here since 2015, at least. I only look at five years of course history. I'm sure there's probably, I'm sure, he, I don't know if he has missed a cut. Actually, I think he's, he's he's competed here like 14 times and only missed a cut once. Yeah. Coming off of three straight top 15. So at 7K, is Ian Poulter going to be chalky? I think the answer might be yes. Secondly, is that going to scare you away from him in your lineups? It'll be interesting to see how Chalky Poulter actually becomes. I don't know if he's going to get up there. Uh, we'll see. Maybe people just lead to him because, again, yeah, you got like Leishman down there. Uh, I know I mentioned Snedeker, but I don't think that many people are going to play him. So realistically, like under Cam Smith, because I think Cam Smith will probably be the slight chalk around that low 7K range. Under him, I think Poulter will probably be the next people people gravitate to. Um, so he might, he, might, he might like lead ownership in that range. It'll be interesting to see. I think I, I, think I kind of agree with that. Uh, but he's played really consistently at Augusta. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, very consistent record. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'll have a piece of that or not, or if I'll just bypass and try and get some lower-owned players, like maybe take a shot with Molinari at 6,700. Because realistically, Molinari, probably better upside. But, um, yeah, absolutely. I don't have a problem with the player or anything. I agree. When he's playing when he's playing well, he performs well at Augusta. And, again, I mentioned it brings people like Poulter into play, uh, who are just savvy, smart around these holes. So, yeah, I think I think going back to Louis Oosthuizen for a second, I think we have to roster him just for the albatross equity that we have there. Uh, obviously, Greg brought it up in our chat. One of the best shots I've ever seen in my life on the yep. second hole at Augusta when he threw it in for double eagle. What a, what a shot. Augusta does that for you, though. If you hit it in the right part of the green, it's going to funnel a little hole, and that just creates the magic. I absolutely love it. So um, I'll have some Louis Oosthuizen for sure. It's not that I just don't think I can put him in my big doll. I, I kind of like Fitzpatrick. I mean, I'm a big Louie guy, but I kind of like Fitzpatrick over him a little bit too. He's cheaper. And realistically, I think Fitzpatrick has just shown a little bit, a little bit more. They both played pretty well recently. So I, I could see either of them having big weeks. Maybe you maybe you roster them both in that range or something, but um, those are, those are the two guys I kind of really like there too. So one of the things that I, I uh, tried to build out. So um, I mentioned Matsuyama DJ was, is kind of my top guys. I wanted to get in a third guy, either Patrick Cantlay or John Rahm. But what that's doing is it's forcing me down to guys like Kevin Kisner and Zach Johnson, <laughs> which, you know, that's uh, not really what you want to do. But Kisner hasn't missed a cut here. Yep. Coming off of a good start at the Zozo. For Kisner and Zach Johnson, Zach Johnson's actually been on a great run of golf. They're similar golfers. They're, they're not going to drive it over 280 yards. As somebody said, we really should be having somebody drive it over 280 in your lineups. But at 7,100 and 6,800, is there any interest for you there? Or are we reaching a little too much where we should just be going to Camp Champ? So, I mean, I brought up Snedeker. So, obviously, I'm, I'm kind of uh, on, on the board that you can consider these guys. Look, it's, it's, it's up in the air how this course is going to play. I mean, I, I really still think it is. It, it, yeah, it's going to be wet. It's going to be a little longer. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be all big hitters. It just, it just doesn't. I mean, I know the year Mike Weir won, 
the, the course was soaked. It was drenched. The rough was wet and up and he just, he just three shot at all the par fives and one like that guys can still get hot with their wedges and stuff. So I think these guys are in play. I think Zach Johnson's probably in play. I'd probably lean Zach Johnson. If you're going between him and Kisner, he's played pretty well lately. Like I said, I kind of like Snedeker, but Zach Johnson's probably shown the most of those three uh, of late. So I don't know. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to look at that range, Snedeker, Johnson, Kisner, and uh, I will probably have exposure to at least one of those guys. Not like ton again, but um, if they're going to be like really low owned, yeah, these guys can get hot with their putters too. And it, it doesn't even matter at that point if Brent Snedeker is gaining nine strokes putting for you. So um, yeah, I, I think the answer to your question is they're cheap enough that, yeah, you should look to, to at least one of them. So, okay, we'll, we'll kind of sum up our show here with this kind of last question I'll talk to you about. It applies more than just the question I'm going to ask you. I think it applies throughout a bunch of different scenarios. We can even go all the way up to the top. I'll give you two scenarios, one up at the top and one up at the bottom. Patrick Cantlay, 9,600 versus Colin Morikawa, 9,500. We saw Colin Morikawa obviously win a major, you know, what, three months ago, two months ago, so we know he can get it done. Cantlay wins in his last start. Cantlay has a missed cut and a ninth-place finish here in the last two years. Morikawa hasn't played. Similarly, Kevin Kisner, four for four and made cuts here. Cam Champ hasn't played here. Cam Champ's coming off a top 10. In that situation... The salaries are almost identical. Champ and Kisner are the same at 7,100. Can't lay in Marikawa, $100 difference. Me, I, at Augusta, click, can't lay Kisner. Anywhere else, it's more of an ownership game. But because it's yeah. Augusta, I'm nervous about Colin Morikawa, maybe even a little bit Champ. More nervous about Morikawa than I am Champ, though, because of how much salary I have to allocate. Yeah. And this is Augusta National. First-timers yeah. don't do well here. That's the thing right there. That's why I just, I, I mentioned off the top, like I don't want to necessarily pay up for a guy like Mark Cow. Could he top 10? Absolutely. Of course. He could challenge, but um, the likelihood of that is is lesser. And, and especially at 9,500, there's just more bust potential, right? If Champ, if Champ and Mark Cow both come T40, Champ isn't killing your lineups. Mark Cow is killing your lineups, right? Champ might even still win you money if he comes T40 because he's going to score so well, most likely. Right? The Will so, Gordon scenario, yeah. Exactly. So I, I, that's why I brought up champ, like champ. I, I would actually probably take over Kisner um, just because if they're both over seven K, but um, you know, more again, uh, I'll, I'll eat the chalk up there with the top guys. Uh, I think that's probably what you should do. I even, I, I would play Hatton over more this week too. Hatton's playing really well. So. Um, and he's got a couple of starts here. Not great. I don't think the course no. sets up great for him, but in that one-off scenario, I probably would too. Personally, I'm playing Cantlay. I'm playing Kepka. I'm playing Shawfly. I'm playing everybody above. I'm dropping a little bit. I'm going to Patrick Reed. I mean, the guy is informant. I feel like he's going yeah. a little under-talked. It's super early in the week, granted. I But in my ownership projections, which uh, I put out already as part of my model, which is, uh, of course, an awesome premium uh, subscription uh, content there, I am projected around 12 or 13%. So Patrick Reed, certainly in the Millie Maker, might end up being a good target. So... All right, Jeff, uh, this has been an awesome show. I'm, I'm so excited for the week. So I wouldn't, yeah, I, I'd get in pretty big trouble by the chat and by others if I didn't stop you and say, who is Tiger Woods putting the green jacket on in Butler Cabin on Sunday afternoon? <laughs> oh, man. I'll, I'll say it, Jackie. Uh, I, I really think that uh, this, this might just be the time. It's, it's probably not going to be the time, but I'm going to say that's my choice. Look, I'm, I could sit here and pick like the 10 to one guy. Like, I don't know, but yeah. I, I'm just going to say Hideki. I, I think he's coming in with some interesting lead up and uh, I always go for a guy a little bit off the top. So give me some Matsuyama to win his major. 
Yeah, um, I understand. Uh, he would be, if I'm not mistaken, the first major champion uh, of Japanese uh, descent there, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure about that one. I uh, could be wrong. I know South Korean had Y.E. Yang win it there. Um, uh, unless I got those nationalities mixed up. I apologize if I do. But, okay, um, how? Uh, got a quick question, then I'll give you my winner from Jordan. How yeah. polarized do you think ownership will be between the top five guys? I think they're all going to come in roughly 20%. Maybe the only one that doesn't is Bryson because of the salary. Um, I think that people will be like, oh, well, wait, I can go get DJ for $1,200 cheaper. Yeah, I think DJ commands 25%, maybe even up to 30 in that Masters Millie Maker, the $4,500, maybe even 35% in Bryson towards 10. I think the other guys, Thomas, Rom, and Shoffle, uh, Thomas, Rom, Shoffle, and the other one that I missed Not there. Good. McElroy, thank you. Uh, I think they're all coming around 20, uh, 20%, Jordan. Yep, uh, I agree 100%. DJ should suck up a lot of ownership. And even Shoffley a little bit at 9,800. We didn't talk. I also really like Xander Shoffley this week, by the way. He would. He probably would have been my pick if I was going a bit higher for the winner. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. DJ will soak up ownership. I expect really flat between Thomas DeChambeau, Rom, McElroy. And uh, you, you're probably right with the call that DeChambeau might be the lowest among those four. But it, I think it'll be really close. And uh, we'll know more later in the week, obviously. Of course. All right. So my winner getting out of here, I'm going to go boring Dustin Johnson. No, I'm sorry. I just, I, I think that if, if Bryson doesn't putt well, I think it's DJ. Um, if I had to pick a longer winner right now, uh, somewhere in that 30 range, I mean, I don't see why Patrick Reed wouldn't be able to get it done again. He's already done it once and he's playing in good form. So yes. uh, those, those would be my picks outside of uh, DJ uh, there. So uh, Jeff, been a great show. Guys, on your way out, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe yeah. to our videos. We're going to be having so much more coming out this week. Uh, ben and, uh, and Timothy Frank are going to be doing the PGA DFS strategy show tomorrow afternoon. And then Ben Raza and I on our Live Before Lock show at 8.30 on Wednesday. So, uh, Jeff, thanks for coming by uh, the Masters. Good luck to everybody this week, of course. If you have more questions for us, you can see our Twitter handles right there on the screen at DFSCoffer23 for myself and at the Fantasy Grind for Jeff. Hit us up there for any questions, and thank you guys for joining. We will see you next week for the RSM Classic, I think it is, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a week off, and then OHL Mayakoba winds up the season before we start it all over again at the Tournament Champions. So, till next week, everybody, thanks for coming by, and we will see you on the other side. Cheers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.